0: Hey, it's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. Joining me as we dive into issues around India, we talked a lot about China and Russia last time. Uh, Dr. William Parker, CEO of Parker Maritime Technologies and author of Guarantee in America's Security in the 21st Century. and You know, Bill, I would say that uh, America's security is global security and it's something that uh, many countries are paying close attention to.
1: Uh, David, first of all, it's good to be back on your show, and you're absolutely right. The world is watching very carefully um, how we uh, respond to a lot of things, how we respond to Ukraine, how we responded in Afghanistan, uh, how we are dealing with the border issues, and many other. So yes, uh, I think the world is watching very carefully.
0: Now we said last time, and we'll we'll focus on India this time. Some years ago, Bill, I saw an analysis and fairly uh, well-conducted analysis of populations comparing India to China. And the relationship was about a business as well as global connections. India, with a large English-speaking population, we've seen a lot of software, hardware, testing, other industries uh, move to India over the decades. Uh, the projection was that India would have a larger, more Western-friendly population than China when it comes to language and communication. Now, China and India have their ongoing. Uh, conflicts, not just border issues, uh, and more. Uh, does that factor into assessing India's role on the on the national stage? And certainly there are pluses and minuses.
1: Well, I think uh, all your points are spot on. As you know, David, by the end of this decade, India will surpass China as the most populous nation on the planet. China and India will then uh, uh control one-third of the world's population between the two of them. Um, so that, that's pretty significant. Modi, uh, the, the president in, uh, in India, says that uh, Russia is a pillar of strength, and he calls uh, Russia India's most important deterrent partner uh, and defense partner. And, and we'll get into that a little bit more if you'd like to, but it, it's really interesting. And meanwhile, Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin are saying that And I quote, uh, both of them have said um, it's the best relationship the two countries have had in 450 years. So you have two very close countries, uh, China and and Russia right now. Uh, You have India, which is playing both sides of the fence. And certainly when you look at the votes at the U.N. General Assembly, um, they are uh, one of the worst countries in voting alongside the United States, less than 10 percent in the last decade as opposed to countries like Canada and Israel that are between 95 and 100%. So it's, uh, it's an interesting relationship.
0: You know, India and uh, look, nations vote their sovereign interests. Uh, where they have convenient interests, we tend to find more. But is the UN the primary area? I mean, it's part of the picture, clearly. Or is it also this Indo-Pacific region more so in what they do? There are other nations, obviously, and you can probably extend to Micronesia to some extent. But that affects our world. President Trump, while he was in office, turned our focus to that Indo-Pacific region.
1: Well, I think Indo-Pacific is absolutely huge, not just for population, the size of the ocean, um, the population of the individuals, um, but you also have to remember that Between 65 and 80%, depending on which study you look at, of India's uh, armament, uh, whether it's aircraft or tanks or submarines, et cetera, are purchased through Russia. And so that is a big deal. Additionally, India continues to buy oil during um, this time uh, from Russia, during this time when we would rather countries not be doing that. Um, So that's an issue. And then you talked about the fact that there is this – there's this big movement of Americans and others to India to build high tech. But I offer there's also a very big movement to move Indians to the United States to build high tech. And you only need to look at the largest tech companies in the United States. Look at who is running Cisco and Google and um, other com- uh, companies, Twitter, et cetera, and see how many Indians or Indian-Americans are running those companies right now. So there is a, a transfer back and forth of technology and personnel. And I think it's something that we just need to keep a, keep a very close eye on as we move forward. You know, you look at the fact that India, $71 billion in their military expenditure last year, made them the third largest behind the U.S. and China. And they have the second largest army at about $1.4 million behind China right now. So there's a lot of things that we need to pay attention to very closely when we deal with, uh, with India, a huge country getting bigger, powerful country getting more powerful. Um, and so we have to be very careful when we do things like give them access to the Pentagon.
0: So while all that is is, you know, I, I don't know if the term is on point, but, you know, fact based analysis and concerns that we should play with, frankly, with any country, as I believe they have their sovereign interests. How do you factor in the two systems of government and, you know, to be clear for anyone listening, you know, there's a difference between the Chinese people and the Chinese Communist Party Uh Clearly, the the histories of both countries, the cultures are thousands of years old. Uh, There is corruption in India that is institutionalized as part of its existence beyond its colonial era uh, with the United, now the United Kingdom, but then Great Britain. So what should we watch for in the difference between these two countries uh, governing bodies?
1: Well, I think number one is we have to realize that India is a, parliament- a parliamentary democratic secular republic. That's, that's what they are. Um, and so they are also the largest, in, in terms of population, they're the largest democratic um, elected peoples uh, in the world. Uh, and so that's, that's significant. And the fact that they're coming up to be the, the biggest country by population Uh, And who will be number three, by the way, Uh, they will remain number three. We will remain number three is the United States, uh, which is which is interesting how many people uh, probably look at that fact. So China goes to number two. India goes to number one. India is a a, uh, democratic uh, country. Uh, India does have very close relations in many ways and getting closer in many ways through the Indo-Pacific, as you brought up. Uh, Indo-Pac command, uh, which is a very good move on our part. But at the same time, we need to be careful of of who our friends are. When you look at the Unga votes um, and how how much they do they vote against us more than they vote for us, about 93, 94 percent against us, um, that's that's significant. The fact that they're buying oil from Russia is significant. The fact that they abstained just a day or two ago, again, on saying that Russia was in the wrong uh, in invading Ukraine. Uh, is just another uh, another one of these issues that I think we need to look at uh, very carefully.
0: Uh, to that point of buying energy, and India buys from many, many nations out there. Uh, they still buy, I believe, a fair amount of Venezuelan crude. I- is there something more to this? They obviously are dependent on others for their supply. Do they not have the capability or capacity or availability within india is is that why they go out and buy from these other nations therefore you know how much do you say you you can't tell the guy who's giving you the thing you need hey you know what i really don't like you
1: yeah um i I mean there there is something to that uh they do have a a limit uh but so does europe have a limit and europe is finding ways around that and we'll find ways around that and part of that is the united states um, if we up our production of natural gas, if we get the XL pipeline going, uh, if we start moving, uh, if we start moving icebreakers and buying icebreakers for the Coast Guard so that we can actually break ice, and the Russians aren't the only ones doing that to pump to pump oil up north, those are all things we can do to help the rest of the globe because we're sitting on a lot of natural gas and a lot of oil in general, and we could. Uh, be a major, major producer. We are already, but be the number one producer if we wanted to be um, very quickly. And help countries like India and others uh, who right now need to rely on, uh, on Russia. I said uh, on your show many, many months ago, before there was even an, an invasion, that there should be right now some sort of Berlin airlift by ships, if you will, that we're moving oil and natural gas to Europe so that if Russia would have invaded, which of course they did, um, we would already have natural gas and oil moving. What's that do? Well, maybe it helps our economy a little bit in the United States. Maybe it helps our allies and shows them that we're there and that we're thinking strategically and we're ahead of the ballgame. So I think those are some things that we could could be doing.
0: Yeah. And from a signal point, I mean, what signal do we send to turn inward to America when we continue to drain I think it's another 10 million planned out of the SPR uh, and at the same time we're not sending a signal of support to European nations in any way by actually doing commerce that's correct yep spot on yeah going forward and look we, we're seeing changes here in America bill and what we do is it possible that political change is here? Could affect India's actions.
1: I think that um, I think that political change, more than political change, I think that uh, intellectual change in the way we approach leading our country and the way we, what we spend money on and what we don't spend money on. Um, you know, are you going to spend it on art projects, which are nice, or are you going to spend it on science, technology, engineering, and math? Um, you know, what are you going to teach? the next generation is the current generation learning history and are they learning the history of the United States in school? Are they learning engineering in school at an early age? Um, I think these are, these are things that are very important in their strategic decisions that go beyond the two year election cycle. And so I think that, uh, getting it right in our schools, uh, is hugely important. I think that getting it right in, um, Natural resources and how we use those natural resources and who we sell them to, is important. Uh, so I think that maybe is the approach as we move forward.
0: Now we've got a well, we've got a couple of minutes left here, and I want to touch on something else. There's this India plan that I looked into a little bit more. Uh, Bloomberg, others talking about this in foreign media, but a 1.2 trillion dollar plan to, as it's put, snatch factories uh, from China. Uh, digital, technology, and more. Uh, what is what is the story there?
1: Yeah, the, uh, you know, the story is that um, uh, India is actually doing a very good job uh, internally at building their intellectual elite, and they're building it from the first grade up. Um, they're building it by making sure that they have enough uh, major players in U.S. and other global um, technology companies. Uh, and, and so the idea of putting large technology companies in a country that is not a communist country like China is not a bad idea, especially when you are, if you're a businessman and you look at how difficult it is to work with China on a regular basis, um, it, it's smart to move somewhere else and somewhere where there's enough uh, population. But I think we also need to take a good hard look Inside the United States and see how we build our population to be capable of building those things in the future. And that includes not, not just engineers and not just computer guys, but people that can weld, people that can put stuff together, people that can make things again. Um, we need to continue to make things in the United States again and, and get better at it. You, know, you need, only need to look at John Deere um, you know nothing runs like a deer you want to look at uh, the paint technology and engineering technology John Deere's been around for a very long time and very successful because people are willing to work hard in those companies.
0: Yeah, and you know when it comes to technology, which you know is part of big part of the future. Uh, software and hardware testing, I mentioned earlier, uh, this is something where we can take back uh, a lot of our overseas work, people, are, companies uh, are pushing work over to India and have for decades now, and we need to rebuild that technology is a part of our world, uh, as uh, econ- you know, as other economic factors, other manufacturing capabilities. And uh, we need to reshore that. We need to onshore that. Whatever it is, it needs to be within American shores, which is good for this country and good for our allies. Bill, always a pleasure, my friend. Always spot on. Great analysis. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be back on your show, Dave. Dr. Uh, William Parker III. I like to say that formally and fully. CEO of Parker Maritime Technology. You can join me live on the David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east, on Sirius XM Patriot 125.